0: Hello. My name is Yenuba Montoya. Hello, Miriam. Indiana, tell. Hello. Use the false loop. What's your talk about, Luke? Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. What's up?
1: Hey, this is Jonathan. And this is Alan, and welcome to the Nerdy Me Podcast. Jonathan, what are we talking about today?
0: Um, we have a very special episode today. We're both been excited for this one. Uh, today we are talking about the music of Mr. John Williams, specifically uh, his late 70s and 80s works with uh, various movie soundtracks. Nice. And to go along with that, we have a special uh, guest on today's show. Uh, he's a good buddy of mine. Uh, his name is John Carlos Alvarado. He is the president and CEO of WizArts Digital. You can go to wizartsdigital.com to find out more about him. Uh, but he's also uh, very musically inclined. He's He plays the violin and the piano and composes all the music for his various apps that he has uh, created. So, uh, Gene Carr, see you there. Hi, everyone. What up, G? What up?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right. So, um, John Carlos, if, if you've been listening to our podcast, you know that Alan and I are huge fans of obviously 80s movies and 80s pop culture. And obviously to go along with that are the movies of the, of the uh, 1980s. Uh, we did a recent episode on Raiders of the Lost Ark and Alan and I started talking actually a few months ago about how much the music influences, how how great these movies are, how it helps us remember these certain scenes um, in, in the various movies. And I said, hey. John Carlos is mad about John Williams. We have to get him on the show and talk to him. So why John Williams, G?
2: You know, he's only the greatest living composer of all time. <laughs> all right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's John Williams. I mean, what can you possibly say about the dude?
1: Well, d- okay. definitely John Williams. I-, I-, I think the reason why he's, he's so widely known is because he's associated with great films you know he's basically he i think he's spielberg's go-to guy is he not for most of his movies or if not all of his movies oh
2: absolutely pretty much all of his movies i would i would venture to say about 90 95 of the spielberg movies out there are all john williams you know john williams composed did he do ready player um, one recently he did not actually i believe that was alan silvestri oh no kidding yeah Okay. I think from Back to the Future. I believe he's the one who did Ready Player One. Oh. Um, I believe John Williams just wasn't available at the time. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I, I. It's funny. Um, I just listened to a podcast that did a, um, like seven episodes on Jaws, and it, it, there was a lot of background on Spielberg there. And as as we were preparing for this episode, I was looking up um John Williams, and he goes all the way back to, um. Fiddler on the Roof in the 1960s. Right, the Sugarland Express, which I think was right, Fiddler, but also Sugarland Express, which was Spielberg's, I think, first motion picture. Um, okay. And then he goes to Jaws, and then Close Encounters, Star Wars. I mean, uh, the man's prolific in the 70s, and the 80s, um, and, and
2: 90s, and 2000s. Right. I mean, to this day. I mean, can you think of another composer who has put out much? know that many musical themes that are still relevant to today's audiences i mean it's it's insane no
0: you're right i mean the fact that we even know his name as a composer because obviously that's not the the bright lights name that you know you know director you know actors but if you know the composer then they're doing something pretty special so why don't we uh alan why don't don't we start with maybe jaws you know um of course the iconic den and two (laughs) notes yeah um (laughs) So, gee, what, 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 you know, in regards to Jaws, what, can you tell us a little something about that—the the
2: background, of Jaws, the, the, the that opening theme? You know, admittedly, I don't know too much about Jaws. I mean, obviously, everybody knows the, you know, the Jaws theme because of its two-note simplicity. I mean, very heavy on stra- low strings, bass, and cellos. Um. I believe, wasn't Jaws Spielberg's like first major motion picture, like Blockbuster?
0: Blockbuster, Yes, that was the first. Well first, it invented the summer blockbuster. That was the
2: one that put him on the map, right, that was the one that put Spielberg on the map. And you know, Jaws Jaws soundtrack is inevitably what led John Williams to compose, you know, Star Wars. Because after that blockbuster success, I mean Steven Spielberg uh, recommended Williams to George Lucas. And, you know, there can be a Star Wars theme or, you know, the entire soundtrack, really, to this day.
0: Right. And I, well, I think with with Jaws, with the theme and what John Williams does so well is he conveys emotion. And, uh, you know, in this in this regard, the suspense that then, you know, the creeping of the of the of the shark coming closer and closer. Uh, and he does it with just two notes. And I think we see a little bit of later with Close Encounters, um where he doesn't, you know, there are some of the major things he doesn't use a lot of notes. But I'm glad you said wait over to Star Wars because, right, his next major one after Joyce, he did do Midway, which I enjoyed, which is about the Battle of Midway. I don't know how well it did in the 70s, but uh, we'll skip over that. Uh But yes, so his next big one is Star Wars A New Hope.
2: You know, to talk about John Williams' music as well, Um, you know, one of his strengths is that simplicity and the melody. And are you guys, like, just briefly aware of the difference between melody and harmony? Yeah. Well, uh, for sure. your audience, in case they <laughs> might. <laughs> or for Jonathan. Uh, so basically, melody, melody is what you can whistle along to, essentially. It's, you know, the main tune, it's the main theme, so to speak, and the harmony is basically the supporting piece. So like, if you had a, oh, I don't know, let's see, it's kind of like, you know, with this main theme, you have the actual... Yeah, you know, whatever. That was an awful example. Um, (laughs) But it's all those background instruments that you hear. Like, that is the key that I feel to John Williams' appeal. Because it's very simple on the surface. But then when you start digging deeper, there's a lot going on in the background.
1: So I agree. You know, the the one thing that John Williams, his music, why to me I think it resonates is because like we just did the Raiders of the Lost Ark um, podcast and I said to me even John Williams music was part of the cast you know it seems to me like what his like you know my how I observe it is that like when he writes his songs even if you read like the list of the soundtracks he'll have like um, uh, like the Indiana Jones March let's say right and then he'll have like um, the Marion theme and then he'll have Uh, Like Darth Vader's theme. And it seems like, like. it really cements who these characters are, not just, like, on screen, but the music itself, that it's to the point now when if I hear that, you know, the Darth Vader, dun, dun, it's like, oh, damn, Darth Vader's in the house, you know, and, like, you you automatically think about how evil he is, and he just picks the right instruments for the particular character, you know, like, with Indiana Jones, it's it's these bright trumpets, that, that marching sound, like Superman, really bright sounds, and if it's, like, Princess Leia or, like, Marion from Indiana Jones, he goes to these really, really soft, you know, instruments and stuff. And, and uh, t- to me, it's, it's always like, like that extra character in the movies that he brings upon.
2: Well, John Williams uses a technique um, called late motifs, which essentially is that he attaches them, a, um, a melody, um, which is essentially becomes a character theme. So he attaches like different uh, melodic and harmonies, melodies and harmonies to different characters or situations. And that's why, all these themes are so memorable to us today. And especially when you put them into like summer blockbusters, like the star Wars is Indiana Jones. I mean, we just get immediately attached and we know what's going on in the story. Just based off of, you know, what you hear. Yeah. You I know, didn't... my, my, my good friend actually once told me that, uh, you know, John Williams is music. like with John Williams as music, like a blind guy would know what's going on.
0: Yeah, and, you know, um, I think that's, that's a good description because I think with the, especially with the fanfare of of Star Wars, you get the, you know the, um, I just lost it. The beginning when it goes, um, but uh, the it's just so. It, it, it's it's an epic st- story and it begins in an epic fashion, and mm-hmm. and Alan mentioned the, the uh, is it Darth Vader's theme or the Imperial March? Like what's the official name? Or the Imperial, Imperial March. Imperial March. The Imperial yeah. March. Right. right. So yeah. right. But but it's so it's so uh, tied to Darth Vader's appearances in the films right. that you know we think it's his theme and uh, it, it's it's classic in that sense. And how many how many classical well not classical but how many orchestral soundtracks can you say you know maybe more than just a main theme you know the fact that we can uh, go back i mean you told me your favorite john williams is something from like a
2: a deep track (laughs) from uh, the last crusade right oh my god on the tank
1: that's Um, awesome from
2: indiana jones and the last crusade it's just the first opening two minutes are like some of the best john williams music ever I'm getting goosebumps just describing it. Ooh. It's uh, <laughs> so good. Well, you got vibes um, You know, you you know you mentioned Superman, and right. um, I've actually been listening to that soundtrack a lot lately for some reason. <laughs> um, that's awesome, that's why. It, it's such a great soundtrack. But you know, that soundtrack uses so much brass, and it's like so heroic that you can see how that soundtrack to this day, you see like elements of it, like that piece on the tank. You can like the trumpets and the brass and the French horns and the euphoniums, like they all like follow kind of like the same rhythm that was established in the Superman theme, uh, especially like in opening march. Um, if you look at the soundtrack or you know listen to it on Apple Music or Spotify or whatever. Um, but also, you know where else I heard it was actually the opening to Star Wars: The Last Jedi, um, the opening track where you know Poe is off fighting off against the First Order. You know, single-handedly in the spaceship. um If you listen to the music carefully, you can definitely hear elements of the Superman thing.
1: What's the Last so. Jedi? What is that?
2: Yeah, is that something? Is that, is that some
0: underground?
2: <laughs> that's some
0: like movie that some amateur universe. made.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, yeah. no, no, no Last Jedi. Hate uh, that's the end of that because we're not talking about the Last Jedi anymore. You know, uh, but
2: going back to Superman, I bring it up to demonstrate the influence. Hurt our feelings. Of, you know. Hurt our feelings. That's why you. <laughs> what about the prequels are there because
0: there's a lot to say about the pre- okay <laughs> yeah. do you with the prequel you can't bring up last gen and prequels in
2: the same breath <laughs> um, oh come on No, i want to go back okay. to right, wait 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 hold on hold on are you admitting that the prequels are better than the last Jedi? is that what i'm hearing it's a different discussion we can have you on
0: <laughs> because i might be going toward your side all right move on but uh to going back to superman the the thing about Superman and, and and you nailed it. You said it's such a heroic theme to the point where, I mean, Brian Singer blatantly ripped off Superman, uh, uh, the Richard Donner Superman movies when he did Superman Returns, and of course he used John Williams' music in that. But for uh, me, I was really surprised when it popped up in it was it it was either um, it was it Dawn of Justice or Justice League, but they had little snippets of the John Williams score show up, and you I. Like, immediately identified it as Superman. The fact that you could pull mm-hmm. the little uh, it out. Do you guys remember which movie it was? Was it Dawn of Justice or Justice League? What it was doing? Dawn of Justice. It was Dawn of Justice, yeah. but... that's right. Yeah, so you're watching this dreary... I mean, at least for me. You're, I'm watching this dreary movie that doesn't make any real sense to me, but then that <laughs> little part of John Williams comes up, and I remember thinking, like, oh, that made me feel good for, like, a half a second, you know? And <laughs> it's, it's this understanding that even... Even the composers of those films understand that what John Williams did was unique, and and is totally tied to the identity of these characters of, of of Luke, of Vader, of Indy, of Superman, of the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. It's all tied to them, and I'm sure The Lost Kingdom and or the most recent Jurassic Parks um, have been using snippets of his music.
1: Uh, gee, I have a question for you. So, yeah. like. Like John was saying in you know, basically our whole discussion is that we see there, there's a strong connection between John Williams' music and the movies and, and how much it really reflects upon, yeah, you hear a song, you know what movie it's from. Why is it today you think that's not being done as much? Like When you think about like, these Marvel movies, I mean, like you think about Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, I, I mean, to me they don't have like, their distinct themes. Why, why do you think they, don't, they do that anymore?
2: So I used to listen to this podcast uh, with David David E. Collins, I believe his name was called Star Wars Oxygen on Rebel Force Radio, and um, they used to like do a deep dive into um, John Williams's music in Star Wars, and it was just fascinating. Like forty three episodes, just breaking down every single soundtrack, and wow, you know, one one of the last um, episodes they actually talk about the Marvel movies and why. The music isn't as memorable as you know what john williams produced for star wars and the answer is actually disney oh. believe it or not disney just has this corporate um i don't want to say initiative but they have a view that in their movies the music at least for marvel movies the music kind of takes like a back seat and they'd rather emphasize the sound on um you know action explosions uh, really focus more on the dialogue. So it really has more to do with the sound mix, because if you listen to like the actual Marvel soundtracks themselves, like on their own, they're pretty good. Uh, they have a lot of memorable themes, but it just gets drowned out with everything else. So, you know, it just takes a back seat. Whereas when you listen, when you watch a Star Wars movie, even The Last Jedi, I'm just gonna keep throwing it out there. All right, three <laughs> um, strikes you're right. music, you know. <laughs> music true. is front and center. You know, there's a famous uh, George Lucas quote uh, from a documentary where he basically alludes to that fact where he's like, well, nobody's going to listen to the dialogue anyway. They're just going to be busy listening to the music. And he's <laughs> absolutely right. I mean, I think it, I think it was a documentary for Attack of the Clones, which you know says a lot. But yeah, um, really. Um, so <laughs> that's absolutely fr- right. Because Attack of the Clones is one of the best Star Wars soundtracks. But go on.
0: <laughs> OK, so. um Yeah, I mean, going with the Avengers, I think the Avengers theme is probably the most memorable, and even that is kind of – I mean, it's good, but it it doesn't move you the way John Williams does, and and at least for me, I think – you know, you brought up the Alan Sebastian and Back to the Future theme. Uh, right. Back to the Future theme is fantastic, but if if I had if I was on Jeopardy or something and was posed with that question, who composed it, I probably couldn't have come up with it. Right. Uh, so so there are movie themes that we all know, but we're not sure of the uh, composers. But you always know a John Williams score. He did, I believe, three of the Harry Potter movies, but he right. didn't obviously didn't do the other ones. And I think you can tell the tonal difference in the films. Um, he did uh, Sorcerer's Stone... Prisoner of Azkaban and I believe Chamber of Secrets, and I Correct. think you could tell uh, a tonal difference in those movies than from the other. Not saying the other movies are composed poorly, but you, you, you know, he's got a fingerprint, and, and a for me, it's an emotional fingerprint quality, right? Well, <laughs> uh, I, mean, I mean, for me, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just understand uh, John Williams too. He always makes me feel something. His music, mm-hmm. um, again, Alan Silvestri's Back to the Future, that's very that's thrilling. Um, But again, did I know it was Alan Silvestri? Maybe not off the top of my head. Um,
2: You know, it goes back to what I said earlier, where, you know, Alan Silvestri's themes are extremely strong, like in the Melonies, but in the Harmonies, there's just so much going on with John Williams' music, whereas other composers just don't go that extra step. There's just not as much going on. You know, back in, I believe it was 2006 or so, 2005, 2006, I used to play for the Bloomfield Symphony Orchestra in Montclair, New Jersey. Bloomfield, um, Montclair. But, you know, we actually played the entire opening to Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. Like wow. the whole thing, like the entire orchestra. And let me tell you something, that was one of the hardest seasons I've ever played in my life. Because the melodies, yeah, really simple. But then when you look at the sheet music, like in the space of two lines you're changing key signatures and um and rhythms like seven or eight times it's insane what instrument did you play for that one was it for that one i played violin
0: wow well let me let me ask you this g so it's the harmonies on the background instrument you said right right and you're saying that's his strength right the harmonies
2: right so usually um just a basic, like, simple review. Like, the movies will be, like, the higher notes, and then the harmony will be, like, all the bass, all the strings, all the you know, like, all the, the supporting cast, essentially. Right. To so, and there's just so much going on.
0: So this yeah. is my question. If if Composer now, let's say, whatever, uh, Avengers 4, let's say they, they put a lot of emphasis on the harmonies, do you think there would be a I don't know, maybe not a backlash, but a thought that this composer was copying off of John Williams. Is that maybe why they don't do it or? or?
2: No, not at all. I Honestly, I, I really feel like it has a lot to do with um, with time, how much time these composers are given to uh, compose this stuff. Um, it has to do with uh, director guidance. I mean, there's just so many elements when it comes to making a movie or really any type of project like this. Um, they could just be told, you know, you have a week to compose, you know, 120 minutes of music. Like, go crazy. Jeez, um, that doesn't seem like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm obviously exaggerating somewhat. You know, oh, For Star it. Wars Rogue One, uh, which was composed by Michael Gi, you know, and it's actually one of my favorite Star Wars soundtracks. It's phenomenal if you guys have heard it. Um, Obviously, you've seen Rogue One, but that entire score um, is based entirely off of Star Wars A New Hope. And it's incredible because you hear a lot of themes in Rogue One, um, like the theme John Williams originally used for the Empire, um, which it's like all over Rogue One. And um, Michael Giacchino only had three weeks to compose that entire soundtrack, John Williams typically does a Star Wars soundtrack in three to four months.
0: Right, so wow, that's amazing.
2: Yeah, it was an impressive, impressive piece of work. And then I believe, like two weeks after that, he went in and composed uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Oh, cool. So, yeah, and I think Coco landed somewhere in there too. So, I mean, the guy's pretty good. You know?
0: So, so G, how, how familiar are you with the Raiders soundtrack, Raiders of the Lost Ark?
2: I have to admit not very obviously I know the Raiders march um I know Marion's theme I know like a lot of the music like I hear the music from Raiders of the Lost Ark and I can I know exactly where it goes in the movie ah, I'm glad bottom. you brought that up actor, okay go ahead yeah, cause yeah. I, w- I wanted okay. to
0: say Alan you were because Alan brought up on our Raiders show I, you timed it. it's a four and a half minute just musical scene when he's in the well of well of souls mm-hmm. Is that it? no the map room the map room I bet um, and I just was. Uh, do, do, do you have anything you can talk about regarding that? The map room scene, where it's four and a half minutes of just music. Uh, but I do have a question about the map room. So, yes. Basically, what I was just
1: curious about is, in that scene, it's about four and a half minutes of John Williams' music, and and how John Williams, you know, plays out the song. For example, how does he time? Because. So there's a part where Indiana Jones is going to the map room and there's also a little side piece <laughs> of the movie where the Germans come up, right? And they're talking a sala, And you can hear the, when the Germans come on scene because you can hear like a little snare drum, like a little military right. kind of sound and stuff. But like, how does John Williams know, does, does Spielberg say, hey, you know, we're going to have this scene for about four minutes and at this second, you you're to have some Germans mm-hmm. on the scene for about 30 seconds and then you need to go back to Indiana Jones. Is that what they do? You know
2: you know a lot of it has to it goes back to his composing process first thing from what i've learned about john williams is that when he goes to compose for a movie he'll sit down with the director and watch a cut of the movie um which the director will actually put temp music over it uh what you know oh. different tracks that he feels will convey the emotion of that scene wow. um yeah. So, for example, the st- original Star Wars fanfare um, was actually based on, uh, wow, what was that composer's name? Like Cornigold or something? Gustav it was Holst? Like, no. No. It's like from it's like from some 1940s serial that George Lucas used to watch, and the Star Wars main theme is actually based exactly off that theme. And I'm gonna have to like look up the name. Um. Anyways. So the directors will put temp tracks and they'll watch it. And then John Williams will go back and start composing. And then when he composes stuff, he'll initially just start off with the chords. Um, and then from the chords, he'll build up and start making the melody and then adding the harmony to it, you know, the supporting cast. And he'll just go back and forth, working with the directors, see what it'll what'll work, essentially. Um, and yeah, a lot of it is timing. I think, you know, alluding back to what I said about, you know, me playing, And the Revenge of the Sith opening, I feel like a lot of the reasons why there are so many um, like time changes within the pieces is exactly that it has to match the action to what's going on in the film.
1: Right. Right.
0: Okay. It's
2: a it's a lot of back and forth and collaborating with director and
0: the creative group. So I I know you're chomping at the bit, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this. (laughs) Uh, You're you're a huge fan of the soundtracks, most specifically Star Wars. Um, movie soundtracks. What are the and you're you're a proponent of the Ring Theory, right? Is that what it's called,
2: <laughs> uh, Alan? We talked uh, about that you either. know what? I thought this was a. I thought you were going to bring me on for another show about Star Wars Ring Theory. Then well, I no, know.
0: I am, but I want I want to see if the Ring Theory applies to the music. But before I go, let me let me explain, to Alan, what my question is going to be. So, Alan, I think remember we talked a, a, a little bit about how. the the ring theory suggests that all the star Wars movies are like, they're brilliant because they're interconnected in this weird way. Like they, they kind of mirror each other, including the prequels. Right. Do you remember we talked? Yeah. And I I was, I was more like, eh, I don't know if I believe it. John Carl's definitely believes that he's, I think he's the one that brought it to me. So uh, not talking, if we can not talk about the movies per se, because we can do another show on that. Is there, is the, does the ring theory apply to the soundtracks of, of the the three prequels and three original movies?
2: Absolutely. Of course it does. Like, of course it does. <laughs> um, you, you know, let's look at The Last Jedi, which, um, like That's I've true. told many of my, yeah, that alternate universe film. Hmm. Um, the Last Jedi is essentially a remake of Attack of the Clones, like, through and through. Like, you know, just about every important piece of action or so called plot in the film. Um, matches up to Attack of the Clones perfectly. Is that music. And musically as well. I mean, think about it. You have the large battle that takes place. You know, an empire takes place at the beginning of the film, but in both Attack of the Clones and The Last Jedi, the big battle, Battle of Kray and the Battle of Geonosis take place at the end. Okay. And then you also have a love theme in all three movies. Uh, You have, obviously, the love theme between Anakin and Padme in Attack of the Clones. You have Han and Leia's theme in Empire Strikes Back. And then you have Rose's theme, which essentially is the love theme of The Last Jedi. Which which part of the movie is that? Rose's theme? It plays all throughout after the Canterbite sequence.
0: After the Canterbite sequence? Yeah. Okay, so
2: is it playing when she kisses Finn? Yep. Do you guys want to do, like, audio clips? (laughs) I'm pretty sure I have them.
1: Well, yeah, we could yeah. probably stick him in
0: there. <laughs> oh, you won. Well, yeah. Okay. okay. Um, so, yeah, go, ahead. go on. Oh, um, well, I was really thinking more about the original trilogy and the, and right. the prequels. Let's leave uh, Force Awakens <laughs> and let's get out of it for now.
2: Okay. Well, you know, I just bring it up because the music of the of the sequel trilogy is very, very much grounded in the prequel trilogy, which is obviously inspired from the original trilogy. So there is a definitely a direct through line. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly enough, the Phantom Menace, episode one, is most heavily inspired by the Indiana Jones trilogy. What? Oh, really? what? Yeah. Huh. I mean, it is very very much in Indiana Jones. Like, there are musical cues all throughout the Phantom Menace soundtrack, which are taken straight from The Last Crusade and Temple of Doom and Raiders. Um, yeah, it's it's really good soundtrack. I know it's not the best Star Wars movie out there, but musically, it's one of the strongest, one of the most complete pieces.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. that is pretty awesome. They got it close from me. It. It's nice to see that he's pulling inspiration from all his films. Uh, Definitely.
2: Fans. And you know what? And speaking of, like, memorable scenes tied to the music and everything... Uh, You know, on the tank from The Last Crusade is my personal favorite, like hands down. But the most memorable John Williams piece that's tied to a movie scene would have to be the Temple of Doom. And you know the scene I'm talking about where you have your sacrificial victim and the whole heart ripping out scene. I mean, that piece of music, I mean, you can just hear the first two seconds of it and you know exactly where it's coming from you know exactly what's happening that seems I talk creepy. about <laughs> <laughs> but the, but the music that accompanies that piece it's like one of john williams's strongest because it's so different to like yeah. everything else he's made um yeah
1: <laughs> oh, let me ask you this since you were talking about like the connection between indiana jones and star wars do you do you believe the fact that Raiders of the Lost Ark is Han Solo's fever dream when he was frozen in carbonite.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Either that, or he went on a you know secret mission for the rebellion or something. I don't know. Well, it's the... kind of weird that it's kind of weird that he like wakes up from you know after being frozen in carbonite for what was it a year, three years, and uh, he has a like perfect tan. <laughs> I know that was a little weird. Well, did he have the tan when he was frozen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. was it, wasn't he filming uh, Weren't they filming Temple of Doom at the same time? As Return of the Jedi? Uh, I, I'm not aware Let's Well, see. Jedi came on in 83 And Temple of Doom was 84 oh, Maybe, yeah. maybe they I were feel like there's seconded. a lot of crossover there Yeah. Maybe. So, yeah, anyway right. I always thought so, that was interesting so <laughs> Now
0: we know that On the Tank is your favorite John Williams piece uh, What's yeah. your least favorite John Williams piece?
2: Oh, God <laughs> I mean the guy is brilliant, but there's a lot of filler music, you know, especially when you've composed like a hundred different soundtracks. Right. Um, I don't know, Jar Jar's theme, it's pretty bad. <laughs> Which one? I'm sorry. Jar Jar. Oh, yeah. anything Jar Jar really? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's too easy. I don't know. You know, I gotta say, I, I have to, I'm sorry, I have to go back to the sequels because it's like, you know, like freshest in my memory, but like, <laughs> I was really underwhelmed with the Last Jedi soundtrack overall. Um. I think they did something which they rarely did before – actually, before that movie, which was recycle a lot of old pieces. Um, You know, they kind of did it in The Force Awakens, too, when Rey is fighting Kylo Ren. You know, they take – they, like, literally just copied and pasted music from The New Hope. Uh, I believe it was the Homestead burning piece and plopped it right into the middle of the fight. And that's something that, like, they never really ever did.
0: Um, Maybe – Maybe
2: John Williams is like the fans
0: getting Star Wars fatigue.
2: (laughs) You know, I I think it was more J.J. at that point. Um, Yeah, I don't know.
0: Well, are you saying the directors have a lot to say in regards to the music, the
2: composing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one thing, it could be, too, that John Williams is simply getting old because, you know, I had said that um, previously he would compose a Star Wars soundtrack in roughly about three months. Uh, but I remember for The Force Awakens, it took like six months to write that. Um, there was a lot of, you know, with George Lucas, he would just write the soundtrack, give it to George, and George would pretty much put it in. Um, but with J.J., there was a lot of back and forth, which was pretty interesting. Wow. Um, I don't, I'm not too familiar with The Last Jedi, like what happened there, I guess, all of us are trying to figure out what happened there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> except, except the people but that make uh, the movie. <laughs> yeah. They think it's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Let's move Yeah, on. that's – you know, that's that's an amazing thing. I didn't know – like, like – is that like hubris on the director's part to go in and tell a composer what music she sell? I don't know. It just seems weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, like if J.K. has it's, no musical background, how is he going to tell John Williams – what, right. should, what something should sound like, or whatever.
1: Because he's a director of the movie. I mean, it's it's his
2: vision, I guess. He's so you saying. think it's exactly. more like, about... it, it well, yeah, and like what he's you know wanting.
1: Yeah, he's he's hiring John Williams to say, hey, you need to you know these are the ideas. Obviously, I'm sure he gives John Williams <laughs> um, a lot of
0: leeway. Right, yeah, I guess so. Yeah.
2: Did he do solo? Exactly. He didn't. You know, he composed a theme for solo. I'm not quite sure which one. Um, I originally read that it was the main theme uh, right. of the movie but I think not for you okay and he's doing yeah, nine I've right? only seen for he is doing nine definitely totally it's it's only fitting
0: okay um is there a lesser known popular like a not as popular movie as the ones we talked about so far that he does a great soundtrack for off the top of your head like maybe it didn't you know, it's not a Jurassic Park or it's not a Star Wars or an indie, but something lesser known that he did the soundtrack for that you really like?
2: Um <laughs> man. Yeah, that's a hard one. I mean, obviously there was like Schindler's List, um, which was a great soundtrack, but to you know, otherwise the most depressing movie ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I took a date to that. I took a date
0: to yeah, that. Yeah, I'm trying to <laughs>
2: think. You know, he mostly sticks with the blockbusters, you know? Yeah. It's uh, I really like Prisoner of Azkaban or Right. Is that say it. the For Harry Potter, that one's phenomenal. You know, it's almost like the first two Harry Potter movies it was, yeah, I don't know, it's kind of like, had yeah, the mentality of like, why am I making this? Um, why am I making these silly kids movies? I'll just recycle a bunch of Star Wars themes and, <laughs> you know, call it a day. Um, but for Prisoner of Azkaban, like he really, like, I feel like he really tried. <laughs> There's some good stuff in there. Um, uh, and yeah, speaking of Harry Potter, I mean, Hedwig's theme is straight up, you know, the Darth Vader theme. The is Wars. it really? Oh, yeah. If you if you listen to Hedwig's theme, um, yeah, which is the main theme of Harry Potter, it's it's got the same exact notes as Vader. Um, oh, that's kind of funny, I think.
0: I'm, I'm looking at this IMDb, and it's confusing because, like, if, the, if a movie uses, like, a snippet in it, of one of his themes, and he gets credited as, as being one of the conductors on the thing. Or, yeah, I guess. Right.
2: Yeah. There is definitely a lot of that. There's yeah. I'm, of
0: that. Yeah. I'm looking at his IMDb. I'm like, half baked. <laughs> what? <laughs> Apparently, there was a snippet of the Jaws theme in half baked. Oh. So I'm like,
1: <laughs> like what? <laughs> um,
0: yeah. Oh, Saving Private Ryan. He's got an unc- un He didn't do Saving Private Ryan?
2: I, I believe
0: I believe he did. Yeah. He, did, yeah. I he did, yeah. yeah, It says uncredited here. I don't know what's going on. Here. Huh. Um, Interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm bringing so, it up as IMDb now. Maybe it'll jog my memory.
0: I'll tell you something that I wasn't impressed with at the time, but it's really growing on me, is the Jurassic Park theme. Like, that's, yeah. real, that's really kind of almost – it's almost reached icon, iconic status at this point, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's a great theme. All right, Alan, do you have anything –
1: Um, yeah, I I have a fun question. Like, let's say, do you have Spotify, G?
2: I actually use Apple Music because of the free trial.
1: Okay, so so let's say, you (laughs) know, Spotify, you can make your, like, if you can give me your top You know, five must like like I listen to soundtracks, too. That's when when Jonathan talked about it. I was like, oh, my God, I think I felt found my clone because, you know, when I when I drive, I listen. I just listen to soundtracks all the time. Um, If you can make (laughs) like your 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 playlist, what would be your your ultimate playlist
2: of uh, soundtracks? soundtrack oh man so basically my top five John Williams soundtrack yeah. is what you're asking yeah
1: or, or, or not even John Williams but what would be your, your top like if you were to check your phone and it says you know what's the, had the most plays what would it be <laughs> I have to look it
2: oh man you know it would probably who that's a hard one I you know I just recently redid my um, iTunes library because once I signed up to Apple music so everything's all scattered um, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. So, um, but in terms of soundtracks, <laughs> I've been listening to the Coco a lot. <laughs> what? Okay. Not even good, <laughs> not even gonna prompt Michael Giacchino. <laughs> you know, I have two topics. The toddlers. Disney film I mean, Coco. You know, yeah, the Disney film Coco oh, and okay. Moana because Moana's freaking brilliant too. Because Lin Manuel, I mean everything that guy touches is like gold. Um, <laughs> can you tell I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old? <laughs> um, no, but Coco's soundtrack is actually really brilliant and bilingual. So that's uh, that oh, actually took go. me completely by surprise. Um, but, it, you know, let's stick to the John Williams soundtracks. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so what's your favorite John Williams soundtrack? Revenge of the Sith.
0: Okay. And what would be second?
2: Revenge of the Sith. You know, and I'll just say why, because... Originally, episodes seven, eight, and nine were never supposed to happen. Revenge of the Sith was supposed to close out the entire Star Wars saga, and um, it pretty much just builds on every single theme going back to 1977 through 2005. It was like the perfect ending for the entire saga, like musically speaking. Was oh, perfect.
1: so do you think John Williams said, Okay, this is the last Star Wars film, I'm going yeah. all in on this one?
2: And really good too. I mean, they really went all out. Um wow. Well, maybe maybe and, you know, that's why can, the didn't hear are. It in, good. Exactly, because mm-hmm. the new ones were like, "Whoa, wait." Maybe he used up all the great ideas. Story.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> but um, yeah, it was just like the perfect like end piece, the perfect finale. But especially the opening, and maybe I'm just partial to it because I actually had to play the whole like you know 13 minute track. But it's just brilliant. There's just so much harmony and.
0: Well, you know what? I think, I think having to learn how
2: to play uh, it helps you play. of the Fifth is definitely my favorite. Yeah, it definitely does. Honestly, let me tell you something. By the time, like, by the end of the song, like, I could not move my fingers. Like, they just, like, cramped up. It was just <laughs> the most intense thing I've ever played. Um, yeah. That's anyway, cool. um, then I would have to go with Pro- Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. There you go like man talk about talk about a great soundtrack i mean from the i mean the whole opening is just so ridiculous with the you know with the musical number and then like the oh you know, anything the goes club yeah. fight anything goes a nightclub brawl right you know jumping out of windows jumping out of airplanes <laughs> punching everyone in sight i mean you know what best 20 minutes of a movie ever just <laughs> perfect uh, but the soundtrack is just killer. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, um, if I had to pick one track from that soundtrack, it would have to be the Slave Children's Crusade. Like that—that's probably up there with On the Tank for wow. me. It's—it's it's just great. That's yeah, cool. that's cool. <laughs> and I mean, and you know, that's actually the music that plays when they're all freeing their kids, slaves, and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, it's glorious. Anyway, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I know John doesn't really exactly like, you know, Temple of Doom as much as Raiders and Last Crusade. But for me, it's my favorite. <laughs> That's awesome. And a lot of yeah, it has well. to do with the music. So,
0: Yeah, well, Alan said it's moved up on his favorite indie movies. And we're going to do a show on it soon. So I'm going to have to rewatch it. OK. Yeah. Okay. I just remember the first time seeing it, how it was kind of dark and almost... Like, overly violent. I felt at the time. This is whatever, 40, 30 years ago. So, yeah. uh, I'll give it a second.
2: There's definitely a tonal change from um, Raiders. You know, Raiders. (laughs) And, you know, it it probably has a lot to do with the fact. um, I mean, I know it has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, both Spielberg and George Lucas were going through divorces at the time, Uh which is why, you know, women were getting punched and they had such a, like, you know, it had all this, like, imagery of hearts getting ripped out and whatnot. That's what, you know. Isn't,
0: anyway. Willie his, his, isn't Willie Spielberg's current wife? Yes. yes.
2: Yeah. To oh, this day. Uh, yeah. That's And, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something else, and now I can't remember. Something, oh, yeah, you know, it's probably also George Lucas, you know, needing to prove himself after, you know, the Muppet Fest that was Return of the Jedi. So, you know, go <laughs> from the... The Return Muppet. of the Jedi. It's a Temple of Doom. I mean,
0: it's fitting. <laughs> How does Jedi have more Muppets than the Muppet Movie? Nah, Not <laughs> seriously. Um, all right. So let me ask you this. So um, I'm researching for this topic. I'm watching, and by researching, I mean watching YouTube videos. Um, <laughs> and I come across, and I just want your opinion on this. I come across this video about, uh, and I brought his name up earlier when you were looking for the um, the person that they get the main themes from. Uh, there's there's videos out there about John Williams. Some say stole, some say um, mm-hmm. influenced by. But uh, the planets Gustav Holst. Uh, have you? I'm yes. sure you've heard of this, right? Yeah. Now I watched the video. It's uncanny how how the music kind of lines up. Like what uh, Alan Gustav Holst uh, did a bunch of um, I don't know opuses or su- I don't know what they call them, suites or something called the planets, one for each planet. There's seven right. of them, and um, they there are. Certain parts of those compositions that match almost perfectly with a lot of John Williams Star Wars stuff. Hmm. Yeah, right. so I was wondering, I was wondering what Giancarlo's opinion of that would be. Uh, would you say stealing or or influenced by
2: or? It is definitely influenced by, um, and the reason why it has to do with the temp tracks that I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean the director just puts the 10 tracks out, it, it gives them the timing and everything. And yeah, I mean, notes are borrowed. The The basic structure is there, uh, musically speaking, but there's there are only so many notes. There are only so <laughs> many combinations. I right. mean, it's amazing that he's been able to, you know, compose so many soundtracks over such a long period of time with, you know, that are all like well, for the most part, completely different from one another. But, you know, John Williams borrows from other composers. He borrows from himself, like, left and right. The most, like, recent example that I can think of, and by recent I mean, like, 15 years, (laughs) (laughs) Um, is in Chamber of Secrets during a Quidditch match, the music that plays during that sequence is exactly the same as the one played in Attack of the Clones with Zem the Assassin. It's the same piece of music. Like, maybe it's off by half a key, if that. But it's the same exact song. Like, he just, you know, just copied and pasted, like, certain sequences of it. Um, so, you know, all composers do it. It's just, it's just how it goes sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but you're saying it's it's different enough
0: that it's, it's John Williams' music, right? Right. Right, right. okay.
2: And, and, you know, like, uh, I need to find that. I think I found it. So this is King's Row by Eric Wolfgang Korngold. melody that the trumpets play are unmistakably um, the Star Wars thing, right? essentially. Yeah. But, you know, here, like, it's almost like the melody went up, and in Star Wars, it goes down at the last minute, which changes it up just enough. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that was the piece that George Lucas, yeah, exactly, but that was the piece that George Lucas originally um, played as a temp track for the opening crawl. So, and you know, you can put this music to the opening crawl, and it matches up perfectly.
1: Wow!
2: It's Good. exactly a minute forty, just like all the Star Wars title themes. Oh, so, okay. There you go. Right, so, so <laughs> we've we've touched upon some of his
0: influences for Star Wars. Yep. All right, very cool. Uh, Alan, you got anything else for, um,
2: for Gene Carter?
1: No, but I'd be really interested if you wanted to talk about some of the things that you developed.
2: Yeah, so um, I've been in. I've been developing apps. I've been programming like ha- most of my life, actually. But I've been publishing apps since 2015 or so. Um, right now, I have three games on the App Store. There's Run Kitty Kitty Run, which is a classic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, ironically, my most popular app. Um, you know, simple little maze game. You know. M- avoid the dogs, make it to the end, so on and so forth. Um, I also made a game called Fire Knots, which is inspired by Donkey Kong, the classic game Donkey Kong and Crazy Taxi. What's it called? That was my main influences. It's called Fire Knots. Like Knots? Astronauts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fire Knots. Gotcha. And then there's uh, Ghost Hunter Miri, which is my personal favorite. It, it's basically uh, kind of like Pac-Man meets Dragon Ball, essentially. Um <laughs> That's, so, that's yeah, those three apps are currently. Yeah, there's it, there you go. Um, so, uh, those three apps are available for um, iOS devices. And we have like s- seven more in the works at this point in time. So it's definitely shaping up to be an exciting fourth quarter in 2019.
1: Very cool. And do you have a website to, uh, to plug as well?
2: Yeah, it's www.wizartsdigital.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, so on and so forth. You know, all those fun social media channels.
0: No, I'm sorry, you said iOS. Are are they available for Android also or just right now for iOS?
2: Sorry. uh, Those three games are currently available for iOS. Run Kitty Kitty Run is actually available for Android. Um, And actually, this week, Ghost Hunter Mary should be available for Android. Oh nice. Yeah. Nice. One of the many projects in the works. <laughs> I also have a couple word search games up there too for fun. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, because why not? Download US history word search for iPhone. Oh, cool. I didn't know you had a
0: US history one.
2: Yeah. Just came out last week actually.
0: Yeah. All right, well G we had a great time with you today and um we're gonna we're gonna do some uh, housekeeping, but also I just want to say if if we're gonna do an episode on the circle, I definitely want you there for that because you explained it to me. So uh, not the circle, the ring. I keep calling it the circle. Ring theory. <laughs> the ring theory of Star Wars, yeah, and um, yeah, and, and uh, appreciate you uh, coming on with us today.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun, and actually, officially, my first podcast. So thanks. Oh, <laughs> you're
0: you're gonna get the bug trust me
2: because i've already got it i'm like can we do this again like
0: (laughs) absolutely we'll we'll come up with some more um uh what am i looking for topics all right all right right. right. so just stay there stay there g while we do our housekeeping and we'll do an official goodbye all right aden
1: what you got any thank
0: yous (laughs) i do have some thank yous. all right there you go uh i have a gracias And as you know, uh, gracias is Wookiees for, um, (laughs) see what I did there, for uh, thank you. And um, uh, we say gracias to the people that have favorited us on Anchor. And we appreciate the favor to appreciate you listening. Um, Our gracias today goes to slowly, slowly. Apparently my phone has dial-up. Wow. (laughs) Wow, that's pathetic, dude. It really is. I don't know what's going on with my Anchor app.
1: Oh, is, oh. What? is that what you're doing? You're looking up the Anchor app?
0: I'm looking at the app,
1: yeah. Dude, you're pathetic. Okay. Thank you. You mind if I do it? Marina. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> but you don't speak Wookiees. I'm sorry. Well, neither do you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for Marina for uh, favoring us on Anchor, as well as, ooh, Harika malger
0: talk a lot of crap until you see the names don't you
1: shut up thank you very much for following us on anchor and uh we also have a new follower on instagram we have dice of life thank you for following the nerdy me uh instagram account uh what are
0: the odds that that's andrew dice clay i would flip out if that's andrew dice clay it's not (laughs) no dang it
1: You can find us on Anchor FM, Nerdy Me, Instagram, Nerdy Me, of course, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, Nerdy Me Podcast. We got a website, not as nice as Wizards Digital, uh, but it's <laughs> com. You can find other podcasts over there, nice fine fellas. And you uh, you can uh, rate and review us on iTunes uh, if you'd like to, Nerdy Me Podcast. Uh,
0: that's about it. Oh, yeah, Adam, we have a new rating, but they didn't leave a review, so... Thank you for the rating. It was a five star. Appreciate it. But hopefully next time people can leave a review and say nice things about us.
1: Oh, if you rated us new on iTunes, then uh, contact me on Instagram or Jonathan on Facebook so we can uh, tell you in Wookiee again. Thank you.
0: Yes. It's pronounced gracias. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> All right. Once again, Jean Carlos, thank you very much for your time and uh, the conversation. We had a good time. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And uh, I guess we're done now. All right, till next time. Martha.
1: Peace. Peace.